Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. The cry of a nation, broken and displaced. The cry of a people taken into captivity. The song of chosen ones who found their way back home and started to rebuild their lives. The prayers of sons and daughters waiting and wondering through the rule and the reign of tyrant kings from foreign countries. Generation upon generation, cry after cry, song after song and prayer after prayer offered by a people desperately awaiting the Messiah, their Messiah, impoverished, ridiculed, discriminated, scapegoated, held captive. The people of God would have known that psalm well, recited as a, as a community, in family, and in desperation from the deep corners of their heart. How long? How long, Lord? Will you be angry with us forever? Will you always be displeased towards us? Is that all this generation is going to know? Your anger? When will you revive us so that we can rejoice again? Where is your blessing? Where is your unfailing love? Help us. Help us, God. Would you grant us our salvation? Show us this promise that you've spoken throughout the generations. Well, welcome to Ross Trevor Baptist Church this morning. My name is Michaela and I've got the great privilege of serving this community as part of the preaching team. And whether you're joining us here in person or online through church at home, today we get the privilege to continue through our series, Let, Let Earth Receive Her King. And my prayer for us today is that we might hear this story of Christ's birth afresh through the experience of his mother Mary. And today I pray that the scriptures wouldn't just be words on a page for us, but that we would remember that it's a great and a wonderful story and it's a real story and we're invited into that story. And specifically today, it's a story that points us to the truth that King Jesus truly did come to make his blessings flow. Psalm 85 sets the scene for our story today, that psalm that I read just before. As I read those ancient words, I wonder what you may have felt. I wonder if you could sense the desperation and the pure need in the voice of the psalmist. I wonder if you could feel the pain of separation that the people and the nation of Israel needed a remedy for their brokenness. It's a cry that's not just reserved for the nation of Israel. And I think if we look at the year that we've all had, it's a cry that can resonate with each and every one of us. And it's a cry that a young girl many, many thousands of years ago also knew. It's a promise and a blessing that a young girl too hoped for as she was taught of the history of her people. So paralleling this lowly state of Israel, this young girl embodies the needs that that nation felt. She was a nobody girl from a nobody town, living under the rule of a nation that didn't understand her culture, that didn't respect her culture and placed her community under enormous pressure at the bidding of a foreign king. 
But despite all of these challenges of living under such tyranny and oppression, this young girl grew in humility and obedience and even favor in God, in the eyes of her Lord. And this girl's experience of the power and the holiness and the mercy of God is where we pick up our story today. And Mary's song of joyful celebration and thanks is a moment of pure childlike worship, granting us a glimpse into the gospel before the person of the gospel was birthed and while the gospel was still in its conception. And so the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. And God will give him his throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the baby that's going to be, gone, be born will be called the Son of God. The blessing through which all blessings would flow. The Son of God. King Jesus would first have to be carried by a girl. Mary, the one from no good Nazareth. She was the chosen one. Not the daughter of a Roman king, or the daughter of an esteemed priest, or even the daughter of a wealthy Jewish family. Mary, whose father's name we don't even know. It's not even recorded. Mary, a woman who wasn't even married. And despite all of that, everything going against her, everything that would make her the wrong choice, God still saw her and chose her. Imagine processing this as a young girl, a teenager, just a teenager. This is the promise that you've heard about your whole life. And all of a sudden, you are at the very center of this promise. You're unmarried, you're going to be pregnant, and you're still a virgin. What are people going to say to you? Will they believe you? Will you even be able to call Nazareth home once you start to show? And in all this uncertainty and fear and panic, and I'm sure anxiety, she goes to see her elderly cousin, Elizabeth, who is also pregnant. And I'm sure fearing a meeting that has every reason to be rooted in shame and disappointment and disbelief and humiliation, Mary instead receives another blessing. And so when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is the one who has believed the Lord's promises to her and fulfills them. Two very different women joined together by the experience of a miracle blessing. One woman pregnant with a baby who would become the prophet John, one woman pregnant with our Messiah. Greeted with a blessing, not a judgment, a loving prophecy of affirmation, not a harsh word of rejection. Again, try and put yourself in Mary's position. What's going on in your head? Where is your mind taking you? We, we can't get caught up in thinking these are just in a simple exchange of words written in scripture for us. This exchange is culture shifting and groundbreaking. A woman of respect 
honouring a pregnant and unmarried woman and affirming that this woman is the mother of your Lord. That's unbelievable. And so her anxiety shifts to relief and her fear fades into peace. And in a moment of pure thankfulness and joy and worship, Mary breaks out into song and rejoices in her God and sings of her praise to him. From Luke chapter 1 verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. Because he has looked on favour on the humble condition of his servant. And surely now from all generations they will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm and he has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their heart. And he has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. The Magnificant in Latin, as some of us would know that scripture. And is it not magnificent? An Old Testament style, hope-filled song that pours out of Mary in complete adoration to the God that keeps his promises throughout the generations. Poor and hungry and enslaved, miserable. Even in that, Mary sings of her experience of the blessings of God despite her reality. And all of a sudden, this new song is erupting out of her heart. And she rejoices. And as a people blessed with the opportunity and the ability to read her words of worship, we too are encouraged to participate and experience in her experience of the faithfulness of God and to simply rejoice. So whether in person or online, we're invited to do the same and we're invited to rejoice with Mary that God would choose a humble and obedient servant. Let's not forget that Mary was a nobody girl from a nobody town. She had no title, no recognition, but she was humble in nature and obedient in character. She was the last choice in her culture, but she was the one chosen to bear the blessing by which all blessings would flow. Mary rejoices in God, her saviour, and as she does this, she begins to paint a picture for us for what the kingdom of God would be like and what it will look like, what it will stand for. A kingdom that values and exalts the obedient and the humble of heart. Just listen to what she says. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour because he's looked at the humble with favour. Overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed with the honour of being chosen to fulfil such a task. And so she goes on to sing praises to the God that judges the mighty but brings blessing to the humble. You know, Mary's song demonstrates to us the divine sovereignty of God, that no matter what your reality may look like, however lowly it might appear, your social ranking, your wealth, your intellect, your gender, doesn't disqualify us from being called by God and chosen by God to pay, play a part in his story for the world and for the restoration of souls. Because realistically, by all the standards of the time, Mary was the last choice, and she appeared to not be the best choice. 
But God has a habit of choosing the most unexpected to actively participate in what might seem impossible. Even in her humble state of lacking power and status and influence and worth, it's not the realities, it's not these realities that make her humble. But instead, her true humility is found in the fact that Mary is rooted in her belief that her God is king over everything, including her own personal life. And she's actually obedient to that reality. And so I wonder for us today if we were to take a look at our own lives. I wonder if the humble words of Mary have rung true for us. Where we find God asking us to trust him as king over all our life. Even those really deep, really personal parts. For others, perhaps it's challenging. And it's caused you to question the reality of whether or not your belief of God as kingship translates into obedience in your life. We find the truest representation of the humble servant in the person of Jesus Christ through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And he provided us the way to live humbly and obediently to the call of the Father. And this scripture invites us to rejoice with Mary as she rejoices that, the God, that God is preparing the way for the humble servant, who Mary would know as son, but would call him king. And because of this, we're invited to also rejoice with her that the power and the holiness and the mercy of God came to us in a little baby. For all the things he has done, for all that he is doing, and all that is yet to come through the Messiah, Mary rejoices that the power of God has scattered the proud and toppled the mighty, that the holiness of God has sustained his people through generations and generations and cycles of sinful behavior and sinful ways, that he's helped his servant Israel, that the mercy of God has exalted the lowly and has fed the hungry. And Mary rejoices because in her day and in her time, she has seen the power of God. She has seen the power of God demonstrated, not in a warlord or rebel leader, but a defenseless and delicate and vulnerable human baby who will soon lie in a manger. She rejoices in the holiness of God that the kingdom hasn't come simply with a new set of rules or standard of living, but with a person whose purpose is to seek restoration and relationship. And Mary sings of the wondrous mercy of God that has been shown to her, not only by liberating the captive nation of Israel, but for opening up the way for us all to know and to experience the true kingdom of God. And so the question for us today reading this song of praise is quite simple. Do we still rejoice in these things? Are we still glad of these things? that power gained a new meaning in gentleness and vulnerability, that holiness can coexist with generosity and grace rather than rules and regulations and religiosity? Are we still struck by the purity of God's mercy, that we should be so humble to receive it, but also challenged and called to demonstrate it in our lives and in our spheres of influence? Mary's song prophesies of the one who will demonstrate true power by giving up his life for the sake of mankind. 
true holiness by living a sinless life for us and true mercy by extending to us all the offer of eternal relationship with him. You know, Mary's song is a song that testifies of her humble state but confirms the absolute power and holiness and mercy of God made known to us in Jesus Christ. And so the cry of her life up until this point has begged the question, how long, God? How long will we have to wait? But because of this baby, this King Jesus, who came to make his blessings flow, all of a sudden her song changes. I will listen to what the Lord God says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. So while this psalm may begin with cries of desperation and lament, it ends with hope and the hope that is yet to come. This is still the same psalm. In him, in Jesus Christ, in him alone, love and faithfulness meet and righteousness and peace kiss each other. I'm not sure what the song of your heart is today. While Mary's may have begun in desperation and lament, crying out to God and asking her, why? Why my community? Why my, com why my nation? Where are you, God, in all of this? I don't know the song that you've come to church with today that's on your heart or at home listening to this from the comfort of your own home couch today. I don't know the song on your heart. But I know the potential for how your song can end, how it can end in hope, how your soul can still magnify the Lord despite the harshness and hardship of the reality that you might face. God made into human flesh is still worth all of our joy and all of our praise and every ounce of celebration that we can muster to him in worship this Christmas time. He's still worth it all. Because God made into human flesh means that he knows us and he understands us. And he lived a life that meant he can sit with us in the pain, in the suffering, in the temptation and the doubt and the fear. And he can still sing words of hope to us and put a song of hope on our hearts. So would you stand with me? I want to pray for us as a community today. I want to pray for the song that's on your heart. If you have a song of such incredible joy and grace and joyful expectation of all that is yet to come, I want to honour God and thank him for the season that you're in because they're far often, it's far off, more often than not that that seems actually like it's a really hard season to find sometimes. And so I want to honour God for the blessing that that is. But for some of us here today, the song in our heart isn't something that we even really want to sing. 
it might not seem like a song worth singing because it doesn't sound like worship. 2020 has been hard. It's been a really hard year. Mary's song resonates with us because she had a hard year. She had a hard life. The wonder of the scriptures and the wonder of the gospel is that even a girl thousands of years ago, her story can still ring true in our life today. And so I want to pray for us that somehow, in some way, by God's grace and mercy and holiness and power, that a new song will be written on our hearts today. One of hope, one of great expectation, and one of incredible blessing. Because God truly has come, Jesus truly has come to make his blessings flow. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this scripture. We thank you for the humble and obedient servant that Mary was. We thank you for all that we can learn from her. I thank you for the example that she set to us for what true humility looks like. That it looks like obedience that it looks like a posture of surrender. And God, for the people in this place tonight and the people joining us online, for those who have a heavy song of desperation and fear and suffering and pain, it's just heavy, God. It's really heavy. And it's hard coming into a time that's meant to be full of joy when you're feeling anything but. And so I pray that in the power of God and through his Holy Spirit, that today you would write a new song on our hearts, that we would be people of hope and joy despite the realities that are around us. I thank you that your spirit has the power to shift our perspective. And while our realities may not change, while the pain may still be there, the suffering may still be there, you can grant us a new perspective of faith and hope. And I pray, Jesus, that your spirit would rest upon all of us. We thank you for those today who are in an incredible time of joy, who are experiencing the fullness of God. We thank you for that and we honour you and we worship you because you are a God of mercy. And God, ultimately, we thank you for the wonderful gift of God, of you made into flesh, of Jesus Christ, that he would humble himself and become the servant of mankind. I pray, Jesus, that you would bless us, bless this time together. Bless us in our weeks. Make us aware of the song on our hearts and how you can infuse hope into them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.